Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Talk About Feminism podcast. We are here with a new episode. We really hope you guys enjoyed our last episode, Healing Girls Summer, because we were super vulnerable. And thank you for letting us share all of that with you guys. I know I was a little bit nervous just because um, it's not something that I really like to talk about right now. Huge thing. Um, Yeah. And like literally my life has been turned upside down. So thank you for letting me share. (laughs) Yeah, we hope that you guys are also having your healing girl summer and, you know, just take care of yourself. Yeah, honestly, it's like um, those TikToks where it's like living my Miley Stewart yes. summer, um, where it's Miley just like, Stewart. isn't that her last name? Her last name is not Stewart. Isn't it Stewart? Miley, what is her last name? It is not I'm pretty Stewart. sure it's Stewart. In Miley? Hannah Montana, the movie? Yeah. Cyrus, last name in Hannah Montana. Oh, it is Stewart. Miley Stewart. <laughs> um, okay, I'll forgive yeah. you for that one. Yeah, you just can kidding. forgive me. Um, um, but no, like mm-hmm. really where it's like reconnecting with your family and like just getting in touch with who you are, reconnecting with nature. Like I just want that to be like my summer mm-hmm. and like my next few months. It's like those TikToks that are like, I'm connecting with my inner child. Like – Exactly. All of those. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, that's that's us this summer, you guys, and that should be you. And we're all healing together. So thank you guys for giving us the space to get vulnerable last episode. I almost said last semester. Last Okay, girl. <laughs> Let's get into <laughs> but it. But we're getting into it, okay? <laughs> okay. My obsession for this week is my slippers. They're the cutest things ever. I like, do like 20 them. bucks on Amazon. They're white and fluffy. And I just don't like my bare feet being on the wood floor. Mm-hmm. So I wear yeah. them constantly. Yeah. Um, my equivalent to those are my $5 knockoff rubber Birkenstocks. Mm-hmm. That you tie-dyed during quarantine. Yeah, I tie-dyed them during quarantine. <laughs> and for some reason, like, I have plenty of other slip-on sandals. There's nothing that compares to those. So mm-hmm. I totally get it. Like, it's nice to not have your feet on the bare floor. Yeah, those those knockoff sandals. Love them. What was your other quarantine project? Um, I forgot. My bleach. You kind of went crazy. Yeah. Did oh, I? Yeah. No, I only did those things. I but my like bleach jeans, I actually really like. Yeah, those are cute. Yeah, and they're like low waisted. They were before the low waist trend. So. Yeah, I hate the low waist trend. <laughs> yeah, I honestly hate it now too. But um, yeah. I like that obsession. <laughs> um, my obsession is hats, as well as it being a healing girl summer. It's a hot girl summer for me. Yes. And yep. I've been waiting to it say that. It is a healing girl summer, a hot girl summer, and a hot girl summer. <laughs> yeah. I like – I've never worn hats before. Like not – I don't like the way beanies look on me, but I got this really cute – I had to wear it because I knew I was going to be talking about it this episode. So I got this really cute pink trucker hat. I love the trucker hats. Yeah. They're so cute. I love them. And honestly, like how cute would it be to have real talk trucker hats? Yes. Adorable. Yes. Um, in that color. Yeah. Literally yeah. in this color. So cute. But um, yeah, I got this from H&M and I've been wearing it constantly and it actually caused me to bust out like two of my other, like I just have two other ball caps. Mm-hmm. One of them is for my friend Will, New York something. I don't know what, Knicks? Um, the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees. Yeah. Oopsies. Um, yeah, one of them is a Yankee I'm pretty hat. sure the Knicks. Isn't that the basketball team? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that a bunch of people were wearing it in New York. But, um, he gave that to me last year before I moved. Um, so I have that one. And then I also got a really cute pink one before, just a regular pink ball cap. Um, 
before I went to the Grand Canyon. So I've been wearing those and it's been really cute. Cute. Yeah. I'm just scared to – because I like hats too, but like I am scared to wear it with my piercing. Yeah, I just put cartilage. it on over it and hope for the best, yeah. honestly. It's just still tender. Yeah, so is mine. I actually had Sadie deep clean it yesterday and it felt good. Oh, felt I really saw good. that on your story. Yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, so those are our obsessions. So – I don't know if my face is shadowed right now, but I had to show off the hat, so. It's really cute. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. It mm. honestly feels really cute to wear a hat in the gym. Yeah, like, I've always wanted to be vibe. a hat gym girly. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I think it's so cute, so. Yeah, those are our cute. obsessions. All right, today's feminist highlight is Francia Marquez. She's the first black vice president of Columbia, and she actually was the 2018 Goldman Prize winner. And the Goldman Prize is awarded to grassroots leaders who take significant action for the planet. So she's a huge environmental activist. Um, In addition to that, she's also a huge activist for her Afro-Colombian community. Okay. And those kind of go hand in hand because she, like her main platform and main purpose um, has been to end illegal mining on her ancestral land. Wow. Because apparently that's a very huge issue. Um, And she did something about it. Like she wasn't just like, we need to do this. Like she actually organized a 10 day, 350 mile March with over 80 women. And they marched all the way to the nation's capital. And as a result of this, the government actually did something about it. And they actually removed all the illegal miners and equipment from her community. Wow. That's huge. Huge. Um, And like I said, she was just elected the first black vice president of Columbia. Um, so there's other things that she's been super passionate about and helped to change, but that is her main platform. And I just think it's really cool. I saw the article on New York times and I was Mm -hmm. like, she is awesome. That's awesome. Honestly, like I love doing the feminist highlights every episode. Like I love hearing about it because there are so many strong female leaders Mm -hmm. that go unnoticed and that we don't hear about. But, like, there are so many out there, such good role models, so good for her. Yeah, and I think it's cool, too, how she's super passionate about helping the environment because that's a huge issue. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, that's not their focus, which is fine, but, like, it's something that needs attention. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, today's episode is about early Scandinavian feminism and – Most of the information that I got to research for this episode is from that feminism book that we talked about Mm -hmm. a a month ago or so. Yeah. Um, But it is a really cool book. It's a really great resource if you're looking for information on feminist topics. Yeah. And this is the first episode of a little series that we're starting. And we're not necessarily going to do like once a month. We haven't really defined it yet. But we're going to be doing a series on different types of feminism. So like in the past, like way at the beginning, it was like episode 12, I think we covered ecofeminism and Ken's did a really good job at um, researching that topic. And it was really fun. So we just decided like, let's do a little series on the different types of feminism. Yeah. And Haley recently did intersectional feminism, Mm -hmm. which was really good too. I thought that was very, very informational. Yeah. And there's all types of feminism. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to highlight all of them mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. So this is going to be like episode one of our little types of feminism series. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get started. Okay. For some context, Scandinavia is a region in Europe and it includes Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. So 
it's encompassing all three of these countries. But a lot of the feminism movement started and went through Sweden. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. And this movement coincided with the Age of Enlightenment, which for those that don't know, it was a movement that happened in Europe in the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries. And it was a movement that was focused on liberty and happiness. And as like in school when we're learning about U.S. history, like that's a huge topic. Like for some reason, it's like one that I really remember. I was just going to say I have no idea what that is. Okay. For some reason, that's like always stuck with me. Okay. Um. But it, like, also kind of coincides with, like, the revolution and stuff. So it's just interesting. Cool. During the 17th century, Sophia Elizabeth Brenner began questioning gender roles. And she lived in Sweden. She was an educated aristocrat who began writing poetry soon after she got married. Her husband encouraged her to start writing poetry. Oh, okay. And in 1693, she wrote a poem called The Justified Defense of the Female Sex. And in this poem, she advocated that women are just as smart as men. Which was a really like, very whoa. Bold yeah, very back bold then. back then. In 1719, she also wrote another poem to the Queen of Sweden, where she talked about men and women being exactly the same besides their outward appearance. Basically, like, just the way they look. Like, Mm -hmm. intelligence is the same. Work ethic, all this stuff is the same. Mm -hmm. Which was also very bold for the time. Yeah. It was really in the 18th century, though, that these discussions really began to take place. So more women started to speak out against the traditional gender roles and wanting change and more rights. And there were a lot of female journalists. And most of them wrote under pseudonyms, Mm -hmm. which I think was smart for the time because – They didn't know what kind of backlash they were going to get at all. One of the most famous women from this time was Margareta Mama. I think it's pronounced Mama. Okay. It's M-O-M-M-A. So Margareta Mama, who wrote about- I love that. I know. I know. And in a lot of the sources I read, they just refer to her as Mama. So (laughs) kind of funny. Um, But she wrote- a lot about women needing to be educated because they were as smart as men, Mm -hmm. but women didn't really go get an education because that wasn't the norm. Yeah. But she wrote a lot about, Hey, you guys need to get out here and get your education too. Mm -hmm. It's important for everybody. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that you were saying that there was like a lot of female journalists and that she, her husband was even encouraging her to write poetry Mm -hmm. because back then like women were just, they did the housework. They, like they didn't raise the kids yeah they didn't get an education yeah and I'm not quite sure like the circumstances with that it's kind of hard to find information because it was so long ago yeah but I think he was mostly just like hey like you should take this up as a hobby yeah just like actually I'm gonna do something with it yeah (laughs) um but I think it's really cool and like she kind of she didn't like start it but she played a big role in beginning it Mm -hmm. yeah I love that yeah so Margareta mama um In addition to her saying that women were just as smart as men, she also talked about how women could also debate. So, like, women could, like, have conversations and, like, keep up with political events and stuff. Like, it didn't matter that they were women. It just was not something that they did. Yeah. Gender did not dictate if they could debate or not. Exactly. Exactly. Some credit went to Mama for being the first identified female journalist in Sweden. As you can see, intellectual recognition was a major theme of the early Swedish and Scandinavian feminism. Like, that's kind of what made these women want to speak out mm-hmm. was them constantly being told, you're not as smart as men. Because we all know that's not true. 
Right. Another woman named Hedvig Nordenflecht. That's how you pronounce okay. it. These are like all in another language. I, it sounded like you pronounced it right from my lack of knowledge. So. Thank you. Um, anyway, so Hedvig published many poems under her own name. So she didn't write under a pseudonym. Wow. She published a lot of poems under her own name about female intellect and then more rights for women in general. Property, marriage, jobs, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She wrote a poem titled The Lament of the Swedish Woman in mm. 1742, and she actually wrote it for the funeral of the queen. And in this poem, she specifically spoke out about more rights being given to women again. In 1753, she was admitted to the Order of Thought Builders, and this was a group. Yeah, this is a huge deal because she was the only woman in this group, and it was a literary group that was seeking to reform Swedish literature. That's really cool, though. Like, I'm sure, obviously, she's a pioneer for her time, being the first woman admitted into that group, and I'm sure that she contributed a lot of knowledge and brought so many ideas forward that the men never thought about and they probably were like oh we should probably let more women in here yeah (laughs) they actually know what they're talking about yeah and something else cool about Hedvig is that she hosted a salon in her house and it was here that she got to exchange ideas with a lot of great writers because a lot of writers went to her Mm. to have them cut their hair to have okay. her cut their hair. Mm-hmm. So she got to talk a lot and learn new things from other people, exchange ideas. So I think that definitely gave her a leg up on that, which, I mean, she's kind of like an entrepreneur in that way. You know, like, hey, I'm going to open is. a salon. Yeah, she definitely is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From what it sounds like, she most definitely was an entrepreneur. And I think that's – I just think it's really cool. Like, she's – combining like her business like cutting hair or even if she just worked at the salon whatever she's combining like using what she does day to day to connect with people to network yeah literally network network. she literally founded linkedin literally that is what we're getting to literally uh 18th century linkedin (laughs) yeah that's really cool though like she saw an opportunity everywhere to just have conversations spread the message you know write do all the stuff that she wanted to do and i think that's awesome Yeah, very, very cool. So Sweden's first wave of feminism actually occurred in the 19th century. So all of these events that I've already talked about and all these women, these came before the first wave, like officially began. So they're pre-wave. Basically. Okay. Um, So an event that really kicked this first wave off um, occurred in the 19th century, so 1800s. And a woman named Sophie Sager, she reported a rape attempt, and then she actually won her case in court. And this wow. was, like, unheard of. Um, there it's kind of unheard of now. Uh, yeah. There were a lot of mixed opinions about this, and a lot of people were unhappy that she was even just, like, speaking out for women oh in general. But then at the same time, there were also a lot of supporters mm-hmm. and people who believed her, wanted to push this forward. And so that is kind of what kicked off this first wave. In 1855, Josephina Deland, she founded the Society for Retired Female Teachers. And this was also a landmark in this wave of feminism for Sweden and Scandinavia Mm -hmm. because at that time, being a teacher was one of the only jobs you could get as an educated woman. Mm -hmm. There weren't really jobs available, Mm -hmm. even if you were educated. Yeah. Especially if you weren't. You know, it's kind of hard to find a job. Yeah. I feel like... 
feminism, like the different waves and everything, especially back then, it all starts with people just deciding to speak out. And in these two cases, like, you know, actually trying to make a name for yourself or stand up for yourself and get justice, like, we live in a patriarchal society now. Imagine back then where it's a billion times more of a patriarchal society. Like, that would be so scary. Yeah, and you don't have social media, so, like, you can't feel like, oh, I have other people on my side. You know, like, when we were protesting, like, we had – Probably hundreds of maybe thousands of people. I don't know about that. No, there was thousands. Okay. Uh, there it was were like three thousand over three thousand. So we had thousands of people mm-hmm. literally marching right next to us. But yeah. like in this time when you're literally just in your house mm-hmm. taking care of kids, pretty much isolated, besides like your main friends and your husband. Like mm-hmm. you don't know that there's other people who will believe you until you come out and say something. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. That is scary. And also like it's not like it was just an easy thing or a normal thing to just pick up and move. No. Like if no. things went wrong or if you got shamed or, you know, like anything you were went done wrong, for. you're done for and you're in that community because it's not like they could just hop on a plane. Exactly. They literally like have to get on a boat. <laughs> Can you imagine living? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, so not. that's like, it's hard enough now to speak out and, you know, raise awareness for different things. But even back then, I can't imagine that. So props mm-hmm. to them. And they started, like, this whole wave. Yeah. In 1902, the National Association for Women's Suffrage was founded. And then finally, in 1923, how many years later is that? 21? (laughs) Took me a minute. So 21 years later, women were legally awarded the same equal status as males. Oh, my gosh. 21 years later. That's insane. I know. But it's like the United States. I know. And that's like, in relatively, it's not even that long ago. No, it's not. Not at all. That is so crazy. Wow. So they really were fighting for mm-hmm. those rights, just like, you know, in other countries too. But like, they were fighting long and hard for many, many years. Yeah, they were. And I don't know if you've ever heard about like Sweden being like the feminist country or anything, but like I've seen like a few articles about it. Aren't they over run the by a lot of women? Yeah. So they have made gender equality a priority in their government. Okay. So it depends on the office, but like every single area and aspect of their government, there's 45 to 50% females. Oh, wow. So it's pretty equal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think it's really great. I do too. Yeah, I have heard some things about like how the different leaders, like they are mm-hmm. led by a lot of women. And um I don't hear anything bad about Sweden ever really. So No. <laughs> like good no. for them. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Obviously, a foundation has to start somewhere. Right. And we had so many women and I think it's so interesting to learn about the how feminism started in other countries. And obviously, there's other stories of feminism, like, way far back, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, there had to be people who spoke out, even, Mm -hmm. like, in caveman times. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) however they wanted to (laughs) speak out. But it is really interesting to see how the foundations are built in different countries and see the similarities and differences around the world and to look at where we are today and to just, like, I don't know, honor the women who fought really hard to give us the rights that we have now. Even though some just got yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> but you know, we do have rights still. So. Yeah, I mean, it just sucks because there were a lot of people and like are a lot of women that have fought 
for mm-hmm. this huge, huge right. Yeah. And for it to be just taken away mm-hmm. so easily really sucks. Yeah, it does. But it is really good to focus on, like, the rights that we do have, even when it is hard to see. Um, And it's really cool to recognize the female leaders who fought so hard and... And continue to speak out. Oh, yeah. 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 Because there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. And it's really interesting to recognize, like, the pioneers and in their time so for sure yeah yeah well I hope you guys learned something from that and like Haley said we are going to be touching on different aspects of feminism and different types Mm -hmm. um in the coming episodes so stay tuned for that and be sure to follow us on Instagram as always we, we are at real talk about feminism pod yep and if you have not subscribed to the email newsletter we just are going to be sending out we sent the first one out a few weeks ago and we'll just send out a quick little recap of the episode and every week on sunday it's going to go out and it just it says the episode title what we talked about and the sources that we discussed and like resources Mm -hmm. and like fun things going on so be sure to subscribe and we would love to just have you guys DM us if you want to send us your email. Yeah, you can also go to our website, which is mm-hmm. in our bio on Instagram, or it is realtalkaboutfeminismpod.com. And you just go to connect with us, fill out the contact form, and in the subject, you just put email newsletter, and we'll get you on the list. And then you can stay connected with us, and it'll only be once a week. We will not spam you. Nope, we will not. Guaranteed. (laughs) Yeah, so join our little family and our little community of people who want to get the email newsletter. (laughs) All right, well, if you guys have anything, as always, our DMs are always open. Message us with anything at any time, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone. We hope that you have a wonderful week.